How's things, man? You had a good, uh, good week so far. Good weekend. Yeah, uh, I mean, cr- yesterday was crazy. I was doing a lot of shoveling. Oh yeah, uh, right. in certain places. Yeah, it was uh, man six hours of shoveling, and because uh, after that blizzard and stuff, and um, <clears throat> like I just got really lucky. There was like a person driving like a plow machine down the street, like right when I got to my place, and. Uh, he like cleared out my in front of my house for me with like the big machine. If he hadn't done that, I wouldn't have been able to finish it in two days because I was like wrecked after six hours. But yeah. Oh man, what are you Dude. using? Are you just like using some kind of machine, like a snowblower, or just a just a shovel? Uh, sometimes I'm using a snowblower, but that day I was just using shovels, and I was like up on the roof, like throwing snow off of the roof and stuff. Man, it was pretty crazy. Like yeah. uh, people in the neighborhood were like, never seen this much snow before. Man, I I think in the yeah fourteen fourteen nearly fifteen years I've been here I've never seen a, a storm that big. Was it like three days or something? Three or four days of blizzards. Like, yeah, tons of snow. Um, didn't get to go snowboarding. Unfortunately, I had to work. But uh, yeah, a couple of friends went and they were getting like fifty centimeters of fresh a day during that time. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't think I've ever experienced that much snow in such a short amount of time, especially in January. Yeah, it was almost like, uh, man, if it were like always like this, like the whole winter, like how would you survive? Yeah, especially yeah, living in a house with a garden and having to to dig out your your car every morning. Luckily, I'm in a flat, which is uh, which is a big reason why we decided not to buy a house was because of the snow shoveling, and it's our first year of our first winter of living here so we're quite lucky every morning there's like a big uh big kind of tractor that uh i don't think it's the management company but it's like some guy's been hired to to clear the the car park here every morning so the only thing we have to really do is just push push snow off the roof of our car but around it it's just all clear because they start pretty late at night like i think around like 1 a.m um if it's like a big dump so yeah the last week Every night, one two a.m., you can hear the hear the guy hard at work clearing that snow. Yeah, like uh, just walking to work, man. There was like all these cars, um, like along the street, like completely snowed in. Like people digging their cars out, and I'm like, should I stop and help them? Like I'm going to work. I'm like, nah, it's, it's good for them. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, it was pretty crazy. It just nuts. I, I was going to ask you about that if you guys had to clear snow or not, but it's good to hear you don't have to deal with it because that. Was, Man, that was just, uh, and traffic was so bad. Like so many roads that are usually like two way or even four lane roads were just like one lane roads where cars were like having to stop to like cars come in the other direction, like pass through and stuff. Yeah. The, for the very first time, um, it was last week and I normally take a train to, to go out to uh, one of the universities at the JR station. And the first time that I've ever seen it, the whole board was blank. Because all trains were cancelled, and this was like at, yeah nine a.m. in the morning, so uh, yeah, so luckily I could uh, go home and do it on online. But um, but yeah, I had most of the week teaching classes through Zoom, just because all the trains and public transport were were down. Subways were okay, of course, but um, 
yeah, the JR had a had a lot of problems and fingers crossed next week we'll uh hopefully things will be back to normal i don't think there's any storms coming next week reported on uh, the weather the weather maps or anything yeah not supported did you um would you have been able to teach classes so easily like that online if uh hadn't gone through like the pandemic training of zoom classes yeah they they would have just been cancelled like we wouldn't have been able to do any online classes so it's kind of thankful that we all went through that year of uh, teaching online classes through Zoom. So now if yeah, there are any problems like that in the future, they, they always have that option now, which is really good. So it means we don't have to do like a, or the, the classes don't have to get canceled and we don't have to do makeup, makeup classes. Uh, yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely good to have that option now that, now that we've been through it all. That's a, uh... I mean, it's pretty crazy. We just talked about winter survival on that last episode and then went through like super crazy winter. Somebody yeah, even wrote, yeah. wrote that email. Did you see that email somebody wrote about? Yeah, uh, yeah. That was that was a, from, a, from a guy in Canada. Toronto. Yeah. And it was Toronto, quite similar maybe, yeah. similar to uh, the Sapporo winter here or Hokkaido. And yeah, and he recommended the Merino socks. Was it a he or she? I don't remember. Yeah, yeah, I can't remember either. Sound, sounded uh-huh. like a he for some reason. I don't yeah. know why I thought it was a he. Uh-huh. Yeah, but he recommended yeah merino socks, merino wool socks for uh, for keeping warm feet. So uh, I might might try those out. It's uh, it's pretty good. I've been thinking about that since you were talking about it. Like, are my feet sweaty today? Because <laughs> <laughs> I I just happened to buy like these thick socks to actually wear outside when I was like uh, shoveling snow. <laughs> A couple of weeks ago, just after we uh, talked about that, maybe last are they week, like whatever. are they like winter socks, or they're just like thicker indoor office socks or something that you, that you can wear? They're not like specifically made for outdoor or anything like that. They? Well, they're specifically. I actually bought them at Homac. I was like buying some like outdoor work boots, uh, just like long boots or something, uh, so that because in case like for deep snow to keep like snow out of the boots as much as possible, you know. Mm. And uh, so the socks were just like right there, right next to them. And um, they were just kind of thick and they had some explanation on the tag about helping to be warm, but like all around them were all these different type of work socks and stuff. Uh, so I bought those and uh, I got to say my feet were getting a little sweaty in those. <laughs> <laughs> but keep him warm, keep him warm. That's important. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Anyways. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. So last episode um, at the very beginning you uh you gave you gave me your top five for uh why people uh regretted about not not regret about being married but uh, missed about being single and uh yeah and I thought that was actually quite interesting after after we stopped recording um I started to kind of yeah i guess think about <laughs> what it was like being single again and reminiscing about all my past conquests that you know got away i'm sure they're very upset that they didn't have the chance to to, to lock me down but uh yeah i started uh started thinking oh maybe we could dive a bit deeper into uh into those uh those points that you uh that you mentioned it's just you just couldn't let it go couldn't let it go couldn't let it go you 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 reminded me but you rekindled the the, the singleness in me the fire yeah 
So uh, how did you, uh, I mean, you started thinking about the thing specifically about you, or did you ask maybe uh, people about it, or what? Yeah, so I started, like, talking to some Japanese people about it, too. Some uh, Spoke to my wife about some of the stuff, uh, some, some other Japanese friends, um, and I can't remember the, the stats exactly. Actually, I have to, I think, is, is this the article that you got it from, from Japan Today? Is that the same one? Uh, no, it was from Sora News. Ah. It was about, yeah, they had conducted some interview <clears throat> with Japan, 500 Japanese men and women about what they missed most about single life. Oh, yes, yeah, sorry, that, that is the one what, I got. What, yeah. what was the one? Oh, so the one you found wasn't in Japan today? Well, so actually, it was, was uh, it was on Japan Today, but it was by, Sora they news. took it from Sora News. Yeah, right. Sora News 24. So, yeah, the same uh, numbers, what is it, uh, just to sum up, first off with... <clears throat> How many people overall ever missed single life? So often miss it was 14.8%. Sometimes miss it, 56.4%. do not really miss it, 24.4%. And don't miss it at all, 4.4%. That, that's, that's overall or that's... That's bad? overall, yeah. Overall, overall for yeah. Japanese people. Yeah. And yeah, that 4.4%, that's, uh, that's quite low. But I was actually, yeah, talking to my wife about it and she... She is in that 4.4%. She doesn't miss single life at all. She just wishes she had married somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> well, she did before. <laughs> so really, that's a, uh, wow. That's, yeah. Uh, that's, I must be uh, a great husband. You. Yeah, yeah exactly. she made a good choice. <laughs> wow. I was, qu I was quite surprised that she said, you know, she didn't miss anything at all. Cause, uh, there was quite a few things that I, I missed, um, and yeah, there was uh, the top five specific reasons. So yeah, this is the the things I wanted to kind of go into in a bit more detail. So for for men, no free time, can't use my money how I want, activities are limited, frustrated with my spouse, want more romance. So that's These for men. The, those are the answers the men gave in that. Yeah, for the main main reasons. The women was no free time, which is the same for men activities are limited housework childcare is difficult can't use my money how i want and dealing with relatives is difficult so this this last one dealing with relatives is dis difficult so this um i know i know you you get on pretty well with your in-laws right i remember you telling me that you and your father-in-law kind of bonded over putting Putting together a, a barbecue that took like I don't know twelve hours or something, so you About got to long. know each other quite well. Yeah, that that barbecue grill, by the way, it's an awesome grill. It's like American style, huge grill, <clears throat> and it uh, is available at Costco. But it's notorious for being difficult to put together. Like uh, some of our friends have the same grill, and they took just as long or longer. So it's uh, it, it, it's not just us, but yeah, we did bond over that. We bond over a lot. Yeah, I have, I have a really good, uh, thankfully, good relationship with my in-laws, just basically because they're such good people, you know? Mm. I mean, um, have you met, uh, like, other parents from, like, your previous relationships, like ex-girlfriends and stuff, and have they differed to your to your in-laws, or would you say they're, they're similar? I guess it's you know, depends on the on the people, really. But did you notice any kind of differences or things in common between like Japanese uh, parents and maybe your Western girlfriend's parents? I will say that uh, I have met like probably three sets of parents before. 
And uh, I will say, usually they've all been pretty much the same in the sense that they've really been nice and they've really been like the fact that I was like foreign or half or whatever uh, wasn't an issue at all. Some of them were like even more excited about that, but they're not like, uh, you know, they were like, ooh, gaijin or something. It was just like they were just kind of like they thought it was like a good aspect of the relationship. Uh, the only thing that has kind of changed, but I don't know if that's like the, just them being like polite Japanese people. Then they go home and they just like, you know, throw darts <laughs> at a dartboard with my face on it or something. I don't know. Uh, but uh, the only thing that has changed is like the uh, daughter's relationship with the parents. Like uh, one daughter was kind of still living with the parents and she kind of had like a bossy attitude towards her parents. And I was like, was this like high school or something? Like, I don't and then uh, another girl was kind of like, did not get along with her parents at all. And I was like, kind of sit through like arguments at dinner. Hold on. Was <laughs> was this because of because of you? Because she was with no, you no, no. and they changed? No, no. no. These are like uh, from, uh, you know, childhood raising mm. just relationships that I was just kind of like became exposed to, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So the relationships between um, th their parents and your significant other rather than yourself. Yeah. And my wife's relationship with her parents, like she says, like basically uh, they have a really good relationship. Like uh, all the kids have a really good relationship, but uh, like she just never really told them anything was ever going on in her life. And they just never asked about it. And they just always trusted her. And she just kind of always did the right thing anyway. So, yeah. So uh, that's how, and that was something that was very appealing to is how quality the relationship was. But I don't know. Have you noticed have you met a lot of uh, parents of Japanese girlfriends and stuff? Uh, I've met, I, th I would probably say only, yeah, maybe two. Maybe like the, yeah, my, my current wife now and one of my ex-girlfriends. I met their parents. Uh, my my wife, I've only met her her mum because her, her father's not in the picture. But, uh, but yeah, she's really nice. We get on really well. Uh, they're, but their like their relationship is kind of unique. Like they're not that close, so they don't see each other that often. But when they do, you know that they, they get along. Even though she doesn't live that far away, but she has like three. She has two other sisters too, so I think she's quite busy, probably spending more time with the other sisters. I don't know. Um, but yeah, my other my other experience the the mum was really nice, but the dad was very. Oh, he wasn't like not nice to me, but he was, you know, kind of cold, quiet, I guess quiet. Um, so when I would come round, um, he would just be sitting in front of the TV, drinking sake and smoking, but wouldn't really speak to me um, or w really wouldn't speak to anyone. So I think it's just more his kind of personality. I don't think it was like me that he didn't dislike or anything. Uh -huh. um, but yeah, the, like I've, I've heard of uh, other situations where, uh, a friend, a foreign friend, um, they, the in-laws like didn't like them because they weren't Japanese. So they would even say to like their daughter, like break up with him. Otherwise we don't want to speak to you. So there was one time, uh, one of my friends, he said that he, uh, he's engaged to her now and he proposed, uh, this was actually end of last year. And her father said, if you, if you marry him, I don't want to see you anymore. Mm -hmm. And she chose to marry him. So her 
and her dad's relationship is basically over for the time being. I think he's still kind of, you know, hoping that maybe uh, she would change her mind or maybe she's thinking when they get married, her dad would change his mind later on or something. So, uh, yeah, that would be quite interesting to see how that develops. It's because the boyfriend is a foreigner? Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, basically. That's the, that's the only reason? That's the only reason, yeah. Because he, he met him. I remember he was saying like he met the father-in-law or it wasn't at the time, but uh, when, when they were dating just the first time um, and straight away he was just like, just didn't like him. Like there was no reason at all. And it was, and he said it was, yeah, it was because he was not Japanese. And oh. I've heard of that happening quite a few, quite a few times with other friends that have said that too. Which I guess, yeah, it you know, there are people still like that. Yeah, I think there's definitely people like that, but <clears throat> I don't know um, which specific situations you're talking about, but sometimes it just kind of seems like uh, people, if they come from a pretty good family situation to begin with. Um, like a wealthy family, you're thinking? No, no, no. I just mean like where the kids have a decent relationship with the parents. Uh, but did you say that those people, like the daughter, had a good relationship with yeah. the father until this happened? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They did have a good relationship, but he was just so against um, their, so against him not being Japanese. Um, oh, that's too yeah, bad. Yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah, and there, I have uh, some Japanese friends that. I spoke to that didn't get along with their relatives or their uh, their in-laws either. So there was one one friend. She she's not married, um, but they had a they had a kid together, and I don't think it was planned the the child, or maybe it was planned by maybe she planned it. I don't know, but I don't think it was uh, <laughs> it was supposed to happen. And and then once she had the baby she moved in to the family home with the in-laws but she wanted to you know eventually uh move out with her boyfriend uh with the baby you know start her own kind of family home this but, is another international relationship no so? no this is japanese oh, okay. yeah, this one's a japanese yeah. one um but she, uh, he his he was kind of part of or but there was like a family business and he was working for his father and he felt like he couldn't leave them and they wanted him to stay and she wanted him to to leave and so basically she she gave him an, an ultimatum it was like well you either leave with me and your son or i'm going to leave you and take take our take our son with me and then he eventually decided to to stay with his family so stay with his parents um, and she said, yeah, that was really, <clears throat> really surprising that when, when they made, or when he made that decision, they had to, they had to tell the parents or mainly it was like, tell the father. And she said, when it came to telling him, he, uh, he, so he, they're in the living room and he goes to sit down on the sofa, kind of spreads himself out like he's some kind of emperor or something. And then him, the son, and the mother are kneeling in front of him, waiting. And then my friend comes in, the the mother, and she's like, what the hell's going on? 
and then she just kind of follows the other two. So she starts kneeling in front of him. And then he just, <laughs> front, yeah, the yeah. Father, like, father sitting on the couch. Yeah, the father's sitting on the couch. Yeah. So yeah, they're supposed okay, to tell him yeah, this, yeah. this big news. Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, and then, so when, when she starts kneeling down, you know, it's kind of, they're just waiting. And he says, and then he just says, okay, so, so what's up? What do you want to tell me? And then no one says anything. And my friend's like looking at her. Her boyfriend was like, are you going to say something? You know, kind of implying. And he didn't say anything. So she started to say something. Oh, my gosh. And then the father told her to shut up. was like, why are you talking? It's not your turn to talk. My son should be talking. And then eventually he started to say, you know, uh, she's going to move out. It's going to thank my son and blah, blah, blah. And, yeah, she said that was quite a quite a unique experience. And when I, when I heard that, I was like, I don't think I've ever heard anything like that. That must be quite a, an old-fashioned, traditional Japanese family there. You know, when I was younger, <clears throat> I used to kind of not worry about um, whatever the family situation was. I was kind of like, uh, you know, if it's like true love, whatever, between two people, doesn't matter, like, what happens with the family, you know. Uh, but as I got older and wiser and lazier, I just kind of, that was one of my uh, conditions on my checklist of whoever I met or was going to think seriously about was kind of like relationship with the family. It kind of seems like you could see in, a, in advance a little bit if it was going to be a situation where you might be kneeling in the living room one day. <laughs> in front of your possible father-in-law <laughs> with everybody else. I mean, can't, don't you think you kind of get a pulse for the family situation to maybe see that this might not be something that's worth it in the end? You, you would think that, but then you hear of a lot of uh, Japanese people not meeting the, the in-laws or the parents that's true. Yeah, until that's true. they're either just about to get married. And it's yeah, asking for it's asking for permission, basically. Right. Like they don't they don't really care what the relationship is like with the parents or anything. Um, right, yeah, right. But but for you, you're saying it's on your it's on your checklist. It was probably uh, when, once I got into my 30s or something because, um, well, just like healthy family situations is like just kind of always good because I I've had a good family situation growing up, so. It, uh, part of me used to kind of feel like if somebody didn't have that, I kind of wanted to expose them to that. But part of me as I got older was just kind of like, um, it's just really important, I think. I so mean, what, I don't so want to. What, el what else is on your checklist of uh, of uh, uh, the perfect married, marriageable woman? <laughs> uh, is she well, hot? The right? dimensions. Be... <laughs> the dimension. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, it was just more about stuff of like kind of matching how I grew up uh, a little bit because it's kind of like, uh, I mean, when I was younger and I had more energy, it was kind of like, um, you know, mutual uh, teaching experiences about our backgrounds and stuff. But then when I started to get older and uh, I was kind of like thinking more serious about marriage, it just kind of turned more into uh, just somebody who I knew I could get along with well and they had for some reason it's just like yeah fa family situations maybe it's just because i dated i was in one situation where the family situation was so bad and i was just like man i don't even i don't maybe there's stuff like that happened 
uh, behind the scenes when these people are growing up and, and, uh, like, because there's like a language barrier a bit too. It's like, I, I, I don't know if I'd be able to like help out with this, you know, like, I don't know. Was that, Just was that the like deal breaker for that relationship then? Was that the what? The deal that, breaker? Yeah. Was that a deal breaker for that relationship? No, that relationship too was just like we uh, we really liked each other, but man, we just couldn't get along sometimes, and uh, it was just like man, uh, we'd probably be happier with different types of personality. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we kind of understood that, but yeah, I just think it's uh, I you know that was just important. They didn't have to have like this perfect like uh, you know storybook happy family relationship, but I just thought it was a important thing to have. So. Mm. Um, but yeah, well, there, any, there is, um, I mean, there is uh, a big reason uh, why there's actually a lot of single people, single Japanese people. Um, I, f- I found this statistic that uh, roughly a quarter of Japanese people between 20 and 49 are single, according to government data. And one professor, uh, this sociology professor, uh, says a big reason for that is uh, is because of a term or a phenomenon called hypergamy. Have you seen? Have you heard of that, Burke? Hypergamy. I have not heard of hyper hypergamy. 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 And what it is 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 uh, when Hy- Japanese hypergamy hypergamy is is basically when Japanese women tend to seek men with stable employment and education levels higher than them so that is a is a big reason why there's a lot of single people because the uh yeah the men uh unless they have like a very stable job and earn a lot of money then uh women tend to tend to say no and that was quite interesting when i read that because my my wife kind of she didn't use that term but when i i was trying to ask her you know about her single friends and i was trying to match her up with one of my single friends and the first thing she kind of said was, what's his job and how much money does he make? And once, and as soon as I said, um, uh, he, he's self-employed, uh, meaning he's, you know, he doesn't have a stable job. Straight away, she was like, nope, not going to introduce him to my friend. And I was like, why not? You know, he's a really nice guy. He's handsome. He's fit. He's athletic. She didn't, she didn't care about any of those things. She was like, nope, not going to introduce him to my friend. I mean, it sounds really superficial, but it's uh, it's kind of just traditional too. Like you're talking about this guy saying the hypergamy or whatever. Mm. Part, he's he's basically saying that's part of the culture in Japan. Yeah, yeah, right, right. <clears throat> yeah, so it's not like a superficial thing. Oh, how did how much does he make? You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But that, uh, but that's what it Im- implies, though, doesn't it? Like stable employment and education levels. That basically yeah, means but- you have a good job and are you rich? Yeah, but I think that's, uh, I think that's more so like carryover of when like there was like lifetime employment at companies and mm. it was all, all about like, well, I mean, it still exists today, but it was much stronger where it was only about like what type of company did you get into for life, you know? And, uh, yeah, because I think it's like kind of like there's, you know, it's that like after the war, especially and stuff, that was like a big deal. Mm. Um, <clears throat> but I think that just kind of carries over till today. Maybe some of it today is a little bit superficial. I don't know. Yeah. Well, it, it, it this article also said that, um, uh, a lot of young people, uh, weren't interested in finding, uh, a partner unless they were the right one, the one that had, you know, good job security and, and, uh, and a good income. 
and then they thought that they're they're willing to wait for someone better to come along uh which by the time that happens it it, it could be too late uh, unfortunately so yeah uh that's what all these kind of like recently all these matchmaking parties have been getting more popular in japan uh you know people who are actually just like going to to find a marriage partner rather than rather than dating but uh yeah i, I just think <clears throat> I know. it's quite similar to how you know how all these like dating apps are around now like tinder and stuff and and people kind of think like that now like there's all there's there's always someone better possibly um and so the the i've i mean i've never tried it i think we're we're quite lucky that we kind of missed that that trend i think that dating trend that's quite prevalent now and i speak to some of my friends who are who are using those apps who are single and yeah they have fun you know they 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 get a lot of dates uh they sleep with a lot of different people but it seems like they their relationships don't last very long maybe like a month or two months of that and then one of them gets bored because there's always possibly in quotation marks someone better you uh, seem to have looked at this pretty closely like how well could you build a life if you started off again on like a <laughs> And just stuff. been speaking to my been speaking to my single friends a lot these days. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of research there, Ben. Um, well, yeah, I mean, I think uh, we're def. But I will say, uh, one of my wife's good friends, who I kind of <clears throat> became pretty good friends with after I started dating my wife, um, she, you know, I kind of saw her go through uh, trying to date a bunch of different guys that people were introducing to her. I tried to introduce uh, someone to her even once too. Uh, but in the end, she ended up, this is a Japanese girl, she ended up meeting her partner uh, through, like, one of those parties that people go to, uh, kind of like matchmaking parties mm. in downtown Sapporo. And, uh, man, they have, like, a really strong marriage. Um, they uh, they just had a kid recently, and they're now looking, uh, they just uh, bought land and have plans to build a house on it this year. Oh, um, nice. Yeah, and like the Miyanomori area. So like, you know, and they're like, uh, yeah, their re uh, relationship is really strong because they kind of went through that service and kind of skipped a lot of the steps of uh, meeting, mat matching up with somebody who you should get along with well. And uh, she's really happy as far as I can tell and as far as I hear from my wife too. So um the yeah, they're making parties work. It seems well, like. Yeah. Well, they definitely had a different stigma for like people like us. Like you were saying, like a little bit earlier, it was kind of like, um, I mean, they were starting to get popular, but I think people were still kind of looking at them like as a last resort or something more so. You know. Mm, I wonder um, how those things work. Is it like a? It's not. It's not like a goal con, right? It's like, uh, or maybe it is. Maybe it's like a goal, or more like a speed dating event where people go in. Um, usually it's kind of uh, divided into into age groups, right? You have like a 30 to 40s matchmaking party or 30 to 40 divorced divorcees matchmaking party. So everyone kind of is in the same boat. They know exactly what they're looking for. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd be quite interested to to go to one of those. What do you reckon, Buck? Just for research set it, purposes. Set it up. Set it up. <laughs> I mean, I don't think like current uh, day and age allows uh, for people just to randomly meet up at a party That's right true. now. But, That's true. 
But uh, yeah, I, I don't, I can't remember how they work exactly. Like if you go to them and then it's like, um, you can agree to exchange numbers with like a limited number of people, or if it's like only a certain number of people or only one person or something. I know you would be there just be like, yep, here's my number, call me. <laughs> yeah, here's my number, call me. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone in the room. <laughs> Even the uh, the You'll MC, do. the MC from the matchmaking company. Yeah. Here's my number. Call me. Yeah, overweight, sixty. Yep, yep. <laughs> Tell your friends. Here's my number. Call me. <laughs> let's all let's all get together. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah. We well, some of the events that we went to were kind of a little bit matchmaking, but they weren't like uh, you know like strictly matchmaking or quote unquote. But they were kind of like meet up maybe for possible. Um, you know, see if you get along with somebody and if it would lead to somebody else or something. But sorry, so the events we went to you talking about me or you talking about you and you and you and your wife? <laughs> I'm talking about you and me. Oh. <laughs> we <laughs> never went to one day. of those kind we didn't of go to, matchmaking no. ones though, right? We just went to what did we go to? Yes, international parties. That's a lot of international parties and stuff like that. Those are I, I went like... to a, an international Golcon before. Golcon party that, that was like actually arranged. That was quite good. Yeah, but that not was. many. There was actually not many foreign people there, even though it was like an international uh, goal con. So yeah, I think I did quite well that night. <laughs> <laughs> but but they didn't believe that I was not uh, non Japanese at first. They asked for my passport when I went in. <laughs> Luckily, I took it because that was the only idea I had at the time. <laughs> They were like, man, you could probably just be practicing this like British accent. Yeah. If you did. <laughs> really? You had to show your passport? Yeah. Yeah. I did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then, um, and then ev every girl I spoke to, they asked for my passport. Oh, really? Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, they didn't, they didn't believe that I was not, not Japanese. They're like, you look, you kind of look a bit, uh, you kind of bit look a bit, uh, Japanese, especially with your, mustache and your, your dark skin and you know you dress like them you're about their size so yeah i, I had to convince them before they kind of relaxed and trusted me <laughs> what was the um so um i actually asked my wife about um you know like what kinds of things does she miss from her single life and the first thing she said actually was that uh you know it's not like if she was single right now she'd be out partying or something uh, which I thought was pretty wise, a wise perspective to have, you know, like she was basically saying like, why are you even asking me such a silly question? Almost like, uh, why are you guys even doing a podcast <laughs> with that as the topic? <laughs> Isn't that, like, why are you guys even thinking about it? Yeah. Um, with you? <laughs> which kind of makes sense, you know, like, I, man, I, I have to say like last time I went out to a club and this was even like before pandemic started. So like, you know, another year and a half added hiatus of not being out to a club. Last time I went to a club, man, or last few times, I definitely kind of felt like uh old man at the club. Uh, well, it's it probably because you were the old man at the club. Because <laughs> <laughs> so, now it's, it's only like, what, 20-year-olds going Is that what it was? 24-year-olds. <laughs> well, that's the thing, man. And people at the club are so young. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, I think eventually that day was going to come, but... uh <laughs> I will say that being in Japan kind of pushed back when that day came because that day probably would have come much earlier if I'd been in the U.S. You know? <laughs> um, but yeah, it's not like. And speaking of which, uh, Japan's largest club is uh, closing. Did you hear about this? Well, claimed to be Japan's largest club. 
Is it um hold on, what is Japan's largest club? I'm guessing it's in Tokyo. Is it called oh what's the name again? Uh tell me back, what's the name of the club? Starts with an A. Yes. Uh Anzin. Af- Af- Afila or something like that. Close. A- Aga. Agaha. 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 Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> That's closing. Closing wow. in January twenty this month. Um oh, man. yeah. Uh, I've never even victim. been there before. Have you? I haven't either, but man, I was reading about it. Uh, it's, uh, let's see, uh, Wild Night in Nagaha, blah, 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 blah. Huge space in Tokyo's biggest nightclub and claims to be one of Japan's largest clubs, too. Yeah, um, they have like an outdoor pool or something like that. I remember. Yeah, it was become legendary for its enormous dance floors with numerous bars and chill out spaces. The club hosts events year round from summer pool parties and Halloween celebrations to New Year's Eve parties, uh, outside of club nights, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Uh, so it's a concert venue as well. Um, but yeah, closing down for good January 30th, 2022, according oh, to Twitter. Man, that's sad. I Victim of the pandemic. Yeah. Neither did I, man. I was reading about. Uh, that would be kind of a place, right? Well, that was the thing. I used to go to the club, was definitely the old guy, but kind of felt like I could blend in a little <laughs> bit uh, in the dark, into the dark <laughs> yeah, a little yeah, bit. Right. You know? But even like last you, time. With your hat on as well, so. Yeah, yeah but last time I was like, I couldn't even blend into the dark. It was just like, man, who's that? Like someone looking for their daughter, you know, like <laughs> come pick them up or something. <laughs> That's how I felt, man. So, um, but yeah, and then the only other thing, um, that my wife kind of said is that she just missed like uh, free time and like being able to go shopping and stuff, <clears throat> mm, being able to do uh, like what she wanted when she wanted, and to be able to like buy things. Because I asked her too, like, well, don't you kind of wish like you could, you know, like some of the things mentioned in the article, like you don't feel like you can spend your money on what you want to? And she was like, well, I just kind of feel like I can't like buy really nice cosmetics anymore and clothes and stuff. Because uh, mm. you gotta think more about like family first and stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. Actually, when I yeah. was talking to my wife, you know, she said that um, there was nothing she missed about it, and she was just actually telling me about um, like how it's better to be married, and she was giving me like reasons of of what why it was better, and and one that she she kind of said was that um, yeah, you know, she didn't have to worry about looking her best all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, hold on a minute. I, I always try my best to look good. You know, why can't you as well? I didn't say this, but uh, that's what I was thinking. Um, yeah, so I she said like stuff like that. You know, she didn't have to put on makeup all the time, like every day. Um, you know, whereas when you're single, you always try to look your best, um, mostly. But I, I find that, um, you know, for, for guys, anyway, we, we always t- try to try to look good. I mean, you do, Burke, when when we go out, you always... You know, wearing one of your one of your fashionable hats, a top hat. If we're going out into the bars, <laughs> top hat and cane and long tail Pipe. coat and stuff. Yep, hey, you gotta do it. You know, classic style and stuff. That's that's my style. What? <laughs> Bringing it back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you you know you always look good. I always you know wear one of my plaid shirts if uh, if if I see you especially. I know how you appreciate those. Yeah, you know, I do appreciate those. Um, well, that's an important thing to not have to worry about looking your best all the time. Mm. Um, and so. another another good point she kind of made was, you know, when you're when you're single and you're meeting new people all the time, it's obviously very exciting. Um, but she said it's it's really tiring to be excited that for a long time. You know, like maybe for the first 
month or so, it's quite nice. You get you get like the butterflies in your stomach and stuff. But if that if that was going on for years, you just end up being you know like having no energy, right? Just just being drained because you're just so excited all the time. So she kind of she kind of you know feels quite glad she doesn't have to feel that way anymore. <laughs> With me, lazy. Yeah, yeah, don't always have to put your best yeah. foot forward. Yeah, yeah no more excitement. Sure. Yeah, she she likes that. And <laughs> just be the same boring person there every day. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So she was kind of listing the benefits of uh, yeah, being uh, being married rather than uh, the benefits of being single. Yeah, I thought at first you were saying she was kind of like trying to talk you into not wanting to you know go out and seek your single life again. I mean, it's not like he can go out right now, anyways, but. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that, that's the, I don't think I would, uh, I would know what to do now anyway, if I was to, to go out, you know, on the prowl again, getting back into meeting girls and stuff, because there's, yeah, it's been such a long time since I've met new people because of the, the pandemic. And now things are starting to kick off again. I don't know when I will be able to, to kind of start meeting new people. But yeah, I mean, once you, once you've been married, uh, a while you've been with someone a long time it's almost like you don't want to meet new people anymore you're quite happy with uh, your current friends and and uh and, and and your wife hopefully that you maybe you don't need to yeah but man those were some good single days and that really just because they were i mean there were some good times man <laughs> well especially too because it was just like i'm talking about they were also coinciding with like early days in japan as well you know so mm. that was just like a good period of life well, we we even met our wives together, right? Not not like at the same time, but I I met your wife when you met her, and you met my wife when I met her for the first yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, that's uh pretty crazy. Yeah, my yeah. my wife doesn't remember you being there though, <laughs> but I have to keep reminding her. Yeah, Burke was Burke was there when we first met. Don't you remember? She's like, no. Nah. <laughs> I think her friend remembers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's why I keep reminding her. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So, hey, I have a pop quiz for you. Okay, bring if it. We, do we got some, a little bit of time left? Yeah, we got some time. Some? We got some time. <clears throat> this is about Kabuki. I wanted to see how much you know about Kabuki just because. Oh, God, my, my, uh, my number one topic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, didn't you say this is what you always wanted to talk about was Kabuki? So yeah. you were waiting for this. <laughs> true or false? True or false? Kabuki has always been a male exclusive art form. True. False. Kabuki, as False. we know it, yeah, is said to have been created in the 17th century by a woman named Okuni. She was a shrine maiden from Izumo who started organizing small performances of songs and dances, which is the literal meaning of Kabuki, in a dry riverbed of the Kamo River in Kyoto. Her actors usually came from the lowest classes of Japanese society, including prostitutes, beggars, and other social outcasts. Yeah, so the origins of Kabuki were women troops that became popular because of this first woman who started her own group. Uh, her name was Okuni. Wow. Yeah. Uh, true or false, the bento is related to Kabuki. The origin of the bento is related to Kabuki. Uh, true? Yes. <laughs> talked about uh why did uh kabuki like become only all male and uh like a lot of people 
uh, think it's because like uh, the topic of kabuki was bad, so they you know it's too like uh, kind of dirty and stuff, and so the government like wanted to uh, change it by getting rid of women. Uh, and a lot of the themes were kind of like erotic and stuff, but the government they said like at the time wasn't the cleanest example itself. Uh, but anyways, it was saying, uh, well, actually I'll talk about, well, it said like what really irritated officials about Kabuki was that it was popular with both high and low born people who got to mingle in the audience. As a side note, since Kabuki performances could and still sometimes do last the entire day, people eventually started bringing packed lunches with them to the shows, which became one of the foundations of the modern bento. Anyway, the mixed kabuki audience became a thorn in the side of the shogunate who wanted everyone to stick to their social class. One theory is that by banning women from the stage, officials hoped it would make the art form lose momentum and eventually fizzle out. Instead, it led to the creation of a very interesting part of Japan's LGBTQ plus history. <laughs> so there you have it. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Next question. I only got two more. Okay. Um, oh, actually, I was talking about because of the LGBTQ or whatever, uh, like the onagata, like male performers who do, are the females. Like uh, a lot of them even had to act like female out in public because they uh, didn't want to be seen with like as their male, like true selves and stuff, or even with their families was really bad. But anyways, uh, Third question, the origin of jeans is related to kabuki. Denim jeans? Yes. False. That's right, false. Last question. <laughs> Ninjas are related to kabuki. False. Mm, it's actually true. Ooh. Yeah, because the shogunate not only banned women from the stage, it also forbade young men from performing kabuki all the female roles then, even those of 16-year-old girls experiencing love for the first time, had to be played by middle-aged men. This required more makeup, better wigs, and even more elaborate costumes to sell the illusion. All those extra props necessitated the assistance of kuroko, or kurogo, meaning black clothing. They were stagehands who operated props and helped with the costume changes and so on. They were dressed in black from head to toe to signal the audience they weren't really there. Um, <clears throat> and eventually, some kabuki plays started using the kuroko as actors to portray ninjas, with their established invisibility being a great way to symbolically show that their characters were so stealthy. Blah, 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 blah. But it uh, says uh, some scholars believe that this is what created the modern pop culture image of ninjas as assassins clad in all black. All black. In reality, though, ninjas were primarily spies who wore regular clothing to not bring attention to themselves. Ben, did you wow. think ninjas dressed in all black, or did you know that they actually wore all regular clothing not to bring attention to themselves? Yeah, yeah, I didn't know that. I thought they actually wore all black and I didn't know hide themselves too. in the night. Yeah, yeah, learned something new. Sorry, I was like looking up about clubs and stuff, and Kabuki came up, and uh, yeah. Nice. So, yeah, I, I like of, that ninja one especially, because, uh, yeah. you know, a lot of people like ninjas. Because um, you see the interesting in, J in Japan culture. Well, yeah, you see the people in like the kabuki stages, like wearing all black. So they got to move stuff around and not really be noticed and stuff. And yeah, it's good. I don't. Well, I haven't fact checked it, but apparently, according to whoever the scholars are, these scholars are. I mean, that that from. would make sense that ninjas wore regular clothes, right? Like kind of like modern day spies. You know, you wouldn't you wouldn't want to stand out being a spy. So yeah, yeah, I believe it. Well, I I think people like picture them and like as those assassins, again, kind of like 
move in the forest or in the dark in the temples in the night and stuff. But yeah, they're probably just walking around in regular clothing so they can get close to their uh, whoever and uh, take them yeah. out. Yeah, just like probably the, the most average looking guy is probably the, the deadliest spy around. Yeah. You're not going to find like James Bond being, you know, walking around town. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> nice Sorry, that was kind of out of left field, but a little bit of a uh, culture quiz came to mind. So Nice, nice. Yeah, Ed- educating some of the listeners if uh, if they didn't know that. I didn't know a lot of that. So, yeah, I was, I was uh, I'm, I'm very, very grateful that you shared that with us, Pat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you are. Uh, should we bring it back to the topic, though, and maybe mention a sponsor or something before we head out here? We should. We should. What do you think? I reckon, um, you know, now uh, it's winter, but uh, the Barefoot Bar has just reopened again. Uh, they they closed down over the, the New Year break for a couple of weeks to, to do some refurbishing. Uh, some renovations so they opened up again and they have a yeah a new kind of design new new kind of feel uh have you been there back recently since, i've been uh, in since it since it's been finished changed? but not while it was open uh we yeah. were there recording uh uh the uh quiz episode so i did see it then right yeah so the yeah i guess um it's not a, a sports bar anymore although they still have screens and tv so they will be showing big events there uh, when they when they come or when they when they're available, uh, yeah, it's located downtown in Sapporo in Tanuki Koji uh, sixth block or Tanuki Koji Lokchome, and they have a uh, craft beer, Japanese craft beer, whiskeys, basic cocktails. Uh, they have some basic food there, burgers and pub style snacks, and I think they're going to develop their their menu further. One of the one of the staff members there used to be a, a chef in in a big kind of hotel restaurant chain. So he's trying to introduce some some new new dishes to the menu. Um, yeah, English and Japanese speaking staff. I think pretty much all the staff are bilingual or, or of some kind. Yeah, and uh, man, it's really easy to find because uh, that address is in the big co- Tanuki Koji is the big covered arcade right in the middle of downtown Sapporo and Odori. So, uh, I mean, you're probably going to pass through there anyways. Just check it out if you're in town visiting as a tourist. But it's also close to, like, central uh, Sapporo, so you can go out there and then go enjoy Suskino as well later on or vice versa and have a good time, man. That's right. Barefoot Bar. Uh, for more information, check out their Facebook page, facebook.com slash barefootbar. That's bear the animal, foot as in one foot, and bar. Yeah, any final thoughts about uh, you missing your single life since you've had to now uh, bring it back and uh, yeah I, I don't I'm, I'm kind of quite happy being being married. I don't I'm, I, I'm, uh, I don't envy the the singletons at the moment you know having to go through uh, the situation around the world, the pandemic I think that's not helping their uh their love lives and also not being a part of the the whole dating app scene that sounds uh sounds a bit too much for me so i'm quite glad uh we missed that that stage in the the love trend so uh yeah i'm happy to be married how about you burke i miss it man <laughs> i really miss it <laughs> no, I'm uh i i'm 100 on your side too but i mean i do uh i really do treasure those early days of like going out and uh well just early days in japan of being single and stuff coming over here as like a single person 
uh, you know, experiencing living in a new country for the first time and stuff, just those days of uh, complete freedom and stuff, man, I recommend everybody who has not ever lived in a foreign country, you know, of course, when the pandemic finishes, it's probably the best thing you can do in your whole life. Not, not like saying like people should do it for their own, like good or something. I'm just saying it's like one of the most fun, adventurous and awesome things you can do in Japan is obviously one of the greatest countries come do it in because it's safe, but the culture itself is so different than anything you grew up with. So yeah, man, again, we're just lucky to have gone through it. I'm definitely happier being married now, but man, really miss those days for those reasons. Yeah. Yeah. And hopefully uh, when things get back to normal again, hopefully there'll be a, a lot more kind of those events going around. Um, yeah. Hopefully, uh, people can avoid those dating apps i really i really don't recommend them uh even though i've never tried it before but i just think i think those yeah like you said your your wife's friend how she met her husband at one of those uh, matching parties i think that's the way to go you know meeting people face to face actually talking to each other instead of swiping through screens judging by their pictures i mean our approach is always like let's just go we'll meet a bunch of people that we might want to hang out with again or even you know go somewhere else after the party itself and uh you know just go to them casually you know the old-fashioned way right the old-fashioned way just go and talk to people say hi see how it goes and then uh yeah try to have as much fun as you can that's the you best know, way yeah don't come off too strong and stalker like you know, like Ben used to until I taught at, him at the, the beginning. Way. Yeah, that I was taught the him the ways. Right. <laughs> I taught him how to how to take it easy, be cool. You know, uh, but yeah, I think uh, man, people like to interact. Just you know, more so than work, working out on a, on an app or something. So I definitely agree with you. Mm, and I think having less uh, less expectations and maybe not having um, such a strict checklist like Burke does. Um, that might help you be more successful, I think. Be less picky. I know a lot of picky people in Japan. Yeah, otherwise you won't get married till you're 40. And uh, then you, you lose, lose all your hair. Then you lose all your hair. Try to raise kids in your 40s and stuff. But it's not easy. It takes a guy who did jiu-jitsu his whole life and wrestling and stuff to keep up with this. So, so there you go. Awesome. Uh, well, I hope you enjoyed that, everyone. Um, I I finally had uh, had time to uh, to get to get over my my singleness now, and I won't bring that up again. It, did you get it all out? <laughs> got it all out. <laughs> okay. I'm getting on with my get marriage a, now. How do I want to get another message in the middle of the week saying, you know what? I kind of still need to talk about being <laughs> single a little longer. Maybe in a couple of months we'll do another one. <laughs> yeah. Everybody, this wasn't for you. This was for Ben. So thank yeah. you for all of your help. Yeah, help thanks, for, get, thanks for listening, everyone, to my, my, my problems. Let him get help him get through it. All right, everyone. Uh, thanks for joining us, and we will catch you next time. Oskar Samadeshta. Oskar Samadeshta.